back. Pulls up for three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. To the latest edition of the MVP cast from me, Mark Woods, a newsier show this time out, London Lions. We can reveal have been bought out. The new majority owners are a Miami-based venture capital company called 777 Partners. They describe themselves as a private investment firm who, quote-unquote, empower growth in opportunistic markets. Now, the business ranges across a lot of different sectors, including sport. That's understood to also include a stake in Spanish La Liga Club Sevilla. But now they'll be bringing their money and their expertise to London. A longtime owner, Vince McCauley, gave me details of the takeover. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, as you know, we've been looking for some investment over a period of time. Um, and we believe we found the right kind of partners. Um, they're high level investors across the world and um, they have some sporting interest across in Spain with a, a football team in the top league um, and they're quite intrigued by the challenge of, of taking a, a British team into Europe um, you know I've tried to point out the history of basketball and why I feel it hasn't worked and why I think it can work with the right situation and uh, they've agreed to do that so they've uh, taken control of club and will be majority owners. Um, I will remain here as director of basketball and head coach. And how did, I mean, how did it come about? Because obviously you've been looking for extra investors, as you said, for, for quite some time and there's been people involved yeah. in and out of the club. But how did, how did this one, where, what was the genesis of the idea? Well, they reached out to us. Um, they reached out to us some time back. Uh, they have businesses uh, literally across the world, you know, from, from the UK to India to Miami, uh, across the, the United States, Canada. They're, they're world, worldwide. Um, and so uh, we were talking through, I think, probably as a, as a result of the performances last year, they got peaked, um, reached out to us towards the end of last year, beginning of this year. Um, and uh, it didn't seem like it would go very quickly as you know i you know i talk to people on a weekly basis about investment into this into the sport um most of it goes nowhere um but these guys persevered and you know despite the the dreadful world circumstances at the moment they, they stayed you know focused on what they were trying to do and and, and it's uh, it's a good news situation what 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 do they what have they said they would like out of this because obviously it's a company that's an investment company it's got interest in lots of different industries yeah. not just sport what's what's the message been from them about what they see for this well the message is you know can we be a successful team in europe uh at the highest level in the next five years um and that's our goal um so you know can we compete can we put a, a proper team around the team um on a, in our first meeting that you know our conversations with them were about not so much what's on the floor but what's off the floor and actually putting you know a, a football style back office behind a basketball team um and that's what they want to do but they do want to go to the highest level yes which will mean um, investment presumably coming in as well yes it will mean significant investment coming in yes how yeah. do you, how do you see that being able to 
to grow Lions because we you know we've always talked about the league needing more investment and you know to to take the the leap from where it is now to the next level will require money not just yeah. in, in one team but across all the teams but where do you see that especially especially in a market like London that having that extra capital to play with can really make an impact well I mean you have to look at it in two ways. I think the first way is when you look at it on the floor, you talk about how do we create our stars and how do we get our British guys playing back in the UK. And obviously, we've done this with Justin Robinson. We've done this with Ovi Soko. We'd like to do it with any other British stars around that we can find. So I think that's the first thing that we need to do on the floor. Um, and then we have to look at the quality of import players that can compete with the Champions League teams in the short term. So that's, that's the first focus on the floor. But off the floor, and to the aspect of your question, how does that help the league and how, how does that help the London Lions, it's, it's, it's a marketing situation. I mean, um, the kind of stuff that we've done creatively in the last two years has seen a significant growth in attendance of the Copper Box. Um, our, 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 our giant um, electronic screens across London have had a significant boost on the brand of the, of the, of the club. That's the kind of thing we need to follow up. You know, innovative marketing schemes, all of that stuff, putting the, the stars in front of people that matter in London. And then the icing on the cake for me is then, you know, the production values of what happens when you get to a couple box, uh, to a Lions game at the couple box. And this is where investment will be spent to create, you know, an NBA style entertainment uh, attraction in London. Because, you know, London, as we've always said, we're competing against some pretty high quality stuff. It doesn't matter what it's in, whether it's in ballet, acting, music or, or sport. Does that have to be, I mean, even though with those specific things, does it have to be used as part of a sort of bigger growth? Because we saw everyone's learning lessons from what happened with London City Royals in terms of you know spending money at the top, but not having a, a foundation below it. I mean, does this also help you grow the foundation? I mean, things like you had the plan potentially to build a you know a practice facility or smaller facility, sure, sure. I mean, copper box. How does how does the base grow from this? I mean, firstly, I don't think anybody within the BBL is learning any lessons from the City Royals because everybody knew what was going wrong down there. It was a case of <laughs> somebody not listening. So I don't think that's a fair reflection on the rest of the league. <laughs> I think... Um, Harsh in terms fair. Of, uh, <laughs> I think um, in terms of how, how the base of the league grows, I mean, you know, currently we have a magnificent partnership with the University of East London. That's going to continue to grow. We have a great partnership with the Copper Box in terms of the best facility outside of the O2. Um, and we have to look at the development of our academies. I mean, we, I talk a lot about young players going abroad, um, whether that be to the US or whether that be to, um, to, to Europe. We don't have as many yet. <clears throat> we have a few, but we don't have as many going off to Europe. I think 70% <clears throat> of the kids who go off to the US are wasting their time. They'd be better off taking a contract for four years in the DBL. Um, those are the kind of things that we'll be aspiring to put in place. The, the concept of building our own training facility, building our own facilities in London is, is a tough ask, uh, you know, with land prices of, you know, circa 20 million before you start. Um, so that's a challenge for us, but we're very happy with the partnership we've got here. But also, I think we've got to look around at the rest of the league and see what's happening in the rest of the league. I mean, I think you look at what's happening in Glasgow and the developments that are taking place in a fantastic facility. You look at the bedding in with Newcastle and Leicester. You look at the new investors across at Plymouth. I think the more investors come in and the more people commit to what we're doing, the more other people will want to commit to what we're doing, raise the standards and raise the quality. Um, and that's what we have to do. I think we all accept that the TV and um, media exposure needs to change or go in whichever way we can. 
Um, there's arguments as to whether that's on terrestrial television or whether that's free to air. You know, those are arguments everybody can have. Clearly, it has to be free to air to grow the audience. But I think we have to create stars. We can't get anywhere without creating stars. You know, um, I'm a Liverpool fan, as you know, and, you know, we've got a whole celestial body of them, but we need to do the same in basketball. And we've got good players in this sport. We, under, we underestimate what we have. I mean, you said about talking to them about the BBL when, when these discussions began. And within the context of the league, I mean, everyone knows that a, London, a successful London team is essential for the growth of the BBL. But do yeah. you see that you know, this has to be the start of bigger investments? Because you know, some teams have, have finance behind them now, other teams are expanding, but that a lot of this will still be predicated on if you like the weakest links in the BBL moving up as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are obviously only as strong as our weakest team. I think, um, but you know, we do have a, a growth plan and we have a standards plan, which everyone is quite clear on. Um, you know, whoever our weakest team may be, whether that be facility-wise, operational-wise, they know what they have to do in the in the next 12, 24, 36 months. Everybody's quite clear on that. We're working towards our plan very well. Um, I, but I think also everyone's going to want to join the party. I think that's 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 a big thing that we've seen in the BBL. If someone pushes the boundaries a bit, somebody else wants to do the same. Um, in, in as much as Leicester going with the or Worcester actually opening their facility first, Leicester pushing on, Newcastle right behind them, Sheffield still have some things in the in the pipeline, Bristol already on 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 paper. You, you know, so it just takes someone to keep on pushing. And as long as we're all pushing. Um, then we can all go with it. I think we all accept that not maybe not everybody's going to get there because of the unique circumstances of wherever our cities are, where, where franchises are. But the challenge is there and, and the route is there. Nobody's being pushed out. And everyone's been told, you know, okay, we understand where you are right now. Where do you think you're going to be in three years? This is where we expect you to be. In terms of the current situation, though, I mean, there in terms of social distancing, we really, we don't really don't know how the league's going to restart or when it's going to restart at the moment. But no, there, no, there is obviously proposals on the table, but there's also that fear, you know, that this might not be possible till next January until you know we can put people significant amount of people in the one place at, at one time. I mean, do you? For, other teams have said it's not viable to play without fans. I mean, is is that an argument you would share that if if you can't put people in a building, it's not viable to really play games? Oh no no I don't agree with that. I mean I think I, I think uh, you know if I had the way with all right now I'd be putting teams together and housing them next door to the travel box sealing the place up and playing games now and getting it on sky uh, if I had the way with all to do it because clearly the demand is there to see to see some sport so in the extreme no in in the reality of what could happen between September and December it's just speculation I think um I I think People have shown that they don't want to stay home, no matter what the government is saying across the world. I mean, I'm, I think someone said yesterday that some Nando's and subways and stuff have opened up in London. You know, um, I don't know what people's attitudes are until we actually see it. I believe that until the vaccine is, is here, the thing is not safe. Um, but people are not going to stay at home. Now, what that means for a sport like ours, I don't know. But, you know, we always hide under the, under the umbrella of the Premier League will always find a way. And if they find a way, we can follow behind them, you know. Have Same you, with the NBA, I guess. Have you, how have you kind of, I mean, this is from the coaching's hat on, but I mean, how have you stayed in touch with the team? You know, what are you sort of, what's the vibe from the players? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean we're fortunate. Um, there's only one player not here, which is Brandon Peel, who went, oh, hold on a second. 
which is Brandon Peel, who, who went back to the States. The rest of my squad are still here in London. Um, and, and we talk on a reasonably often basis. Um, you know, they're all, you know, the guys who are, who are in accommodations at UEL are still there. The guys who live in London are still there. So we talk very, very regularly. Um, there's a limit to what we can do fitness-wise, but the guys are doing that with the best they can at home. Um, and, um, you know, we're, we're, you know we're, we're committed to start. I mean, we were one of the ones who didn't want to stop. Uh, clearly, obviously, everybody had to stop, but we, we were willing to push on. From a personal point of view, how many years have you controlled this franchise now? How many years have I controlled the franchise? <laughs> many decades. Oh, there's a video. There's a video coming out later today or tomorrow, I think. Um, 1993, I took over the the franchise of the Hemel Royals. So, how much of a personal wrench? Much as it's great to have the investment, and the investment's needed really to to do what you want to do, but there must be a little personal gut wrench there about not owning this anymore completely. Um, I, I've dealt with that a long time ago, I think. Um, <laughs> I, I've dealt with that a long time ago. For me, you know, I, I only got into the game to try and improve the game um, as best I could. And I've, I've worn every hat, as you know, from playing to coaching by myself to, to coaching and owning to getting coaching. You know, every, there's nothing about running a franchise I haven't done. Um, and I've just continued to drive it forward. I think, um, you know, I've gone to a place where there's no basketball in Milton Keynes and created a, a great program situation there. We've gone into the Olympic Park and, and built something out of nothing um, and, and gone on to win the league. So, you know, in terms of those kind of things, we've done all of that stuff. But clearly the game has to grow bigger than this. And I really want British players to, to see playing in Britain in front of their home fans as as a real thing for them to want to do. And, and whatever we have to do to make that happen, you know, I'm prepared to, to go forward with. And so I, I've never held anything back. And I don't think whatever I said has ever changed over those years. I, I want the best for it. And if, if this is what it's going to take, then then this is fine. You know, I mean, I'm not a millionaire. I've never been a millionaire. Um, and um, you know, getting people who believe in what we're trying to do in British basketball, put their money down is, is a huge challenge. And, you know, here's somebody who wants to do that, and and uh, you know, I'm grateful to our system to take us to the next level, and hopefully we can. I mean, do you see that this will be a positive for you in terms of being able to focus on smaller, specific tasks rather than trying to do it all? Because it, you know, at times it's been a one-man band, particularly in Milton Keynes, and you know, now you've got a few staff behind you, but hopefully now, as you said, you have a front office. Will this be? Yeah simpler maybe not easier but simpler for you now yeah exactly. yeah i mean it's certainly going to make my 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 job a lot easier to have to only have one thing to concentrate <laughs> so that's for sure um yeah and, and, and i'm uh, and i'm enthused by it you know i mean you know i know i can put teams together i know i can get teams to win um and um you know to not have to worry about the other stuff and have that other stuff taken care of you know to a best in class position you know which is our goal um, you know, for everything that we do to be best in class, and if we can, if we can do that, then the sport's going to benefit from that, and British players are going to benefit from that. I mean, you talked about European competition. I mean, is that uh, next season? Doesn't this coming season, the twenty 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 one? I mean, what's what's the yeah? Time well, I mean, we you, you know, obviously, you know, COVID aside, and we don't know what that means to to everything. We have to go with whatever happens there. But you know, the last three years we've had an invite to qualify for the Champions League and we've turned it down each time. 
you know, we have an invite again to do that next season and we will accept it this time. You know, and then hopefully if it does get going, I know there was talk of trying to play off the final eights of the Champions League or whatever and might delay things till December, I don't know. But, you know, subject to that, that's what we'll do. But if, if that doesn't happen, then we'll get ready to do it the next season. And have, have you had those you know, discussions in terms of with, with Champions League about coming in as a place finalised? Yes. yes. Well, yeah, no, we, we, you know, we, we have our invite, you know, as we always do. Uh, you know, the top two teams in the UK get an invite every year. You know, and I think we know that, you know, London is an asset to, to European basketball and, and the desire is there to have success happen in London on that front. And would that, would that require any significant extra player budget or do you think it's significant extra resources to capitalise on that? Well, I think we're going to have to increase the player budget, that's for sure. I mean, um, I think the team we finished this season with and the way we started to play towards the end of the season, you know, is a decent team. You know, I like the team that we had the year before with some of the pieces that we had in place. I, I think some combination of those two would be would be quite good. Um but but yeah, I mean you're going to have to invest in the players. If we're not trying to go to there, if we want to go out into that qualifier stuff and win. Would that, I guess, rule out you being in favour? Or rule? Would it be possible if, as some teams want, the league reduces the salary cap next season to try and you know, recoup some of the losses from this year? No, I, I think I think you know I think the concept of reducing the salary cap is a joke. Um, I think um, I think it wasn't it wasn't quite a situation of teams wanting to reduce salary. I think it was a case of you know as you would expect teams trying to be prudent and making making the point that you know we should all be careful within what we're doing on spending and the salary cap in terms of the impact of COVID on the businesses at the moment. You know I think that's all it was. It wasn't a situation of you know hey let's all reduce the salary cap. You know I think you know you talked about you know what it means and what the investment means going forward for the for the sport. I think one of the big things we've got to be looking at is we've all got to be full-time professional basketball teams whereby we've got, you know, a full squad of players practicing every day and, and, and putting the best on the floor and creating a living wage for people, you know. And, you know, we've tried to do that as best we can as a club. I know other clubs have done the same. Um, so we have to improve that. You know, does that mean increasing us? I don't know. But I think you only need to open up the... Um, the vision of the BBL and it says to be a respected league in Europe. So, so where does that leave you in know. terms of recruitment for next season? Because this is the point in the year where normally we'd be having those conversations with players about coming back. I mean, I guess the guy that everyone would look at is Ovi, who's said a very peculiar, unusual type of circumstance this year in terms of everything that's going on. But you know, is it important yeah. that he is persuaded to stay on rather than flying the nest again? No, no. I mean, you know, we're in discussions right now with the league MVP, Justin Robinson, to extend his contract by another couple of years. Um, we'll be doing the same with the guys that we want to keep on, on the Lions squad at the moment. We've already reached out to a number of players that we want to bring to the team. Um, you know, we've already started some work on that. Um, so we're, we're treating this as normal. I think the first two or three weeks, you know, kind of caught everybody sideways. Um, is this, you know, is the season ended? Is it, start, is it starting? Is it not? Uh, you know, whatever. I mean, if if we want to start the season and finish it off, we're ready to go. We've got, you know, 10 players sitting here ready to go, which is more than most of the teams in the league. So, I, you know, who knows what will happen on that front. But irrespective of that, we've got to prepare for, you know, going forward. And we, we watch closely what's happening with Europe to make their decision. 
Um, because I think once they make the decision that the Champions League is over, then the new one can start and we can 100% start inking the guys that we want to go forward in that area. So what is the best move for starting next season? Do you, do you feel it starts by ending this season? Do you, want, do you feel it's a clean break and just begin again? I mean, what, what's your take? Um, I, I personally, I don't know. I mean, personally, I think that uh, I think the season is over, personally. I don't see how we can restart it. Um, I just think that whatever the new norm is, we're going to have to get used to. So, you know, even if, uh, where are we now? We're approaching the beginning of May. If they... They extend the, the lockdown another couple of weeks after that, and then it takes another month for us to to get around about. You know, schools could be going back by June. Will they go back when they're going to break up in July? Or just pack it in and let's all get together at the end of August? You know, so I, I would say that we could be seeing basketball back by September, October. And it'll be the bigger and better and more lavish London lines on the court. Well, I mean, you know more lavish I don't know what that means bigger and better you know every bigger videos bigger screens lighter uniforms <laughs> well I thought we were quite muted this year in our black <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I mean you know it, it, for us it, uh, you know as the London Lions it's exciting in terms of what we want to achieve um, you know it's a culmination to this point of what we've believed all along I mean it, it wasn't easy to start off in Crystal Palace it wasn't easy to start off with a British team or British, but you know we've made the playoffs every year in London. We've been successful in London. We've shown we can take care of whatever we need to take care of here. Um, you know, everyone has enjoyed watching someone like Justin play at home, someone like Ovi play at home. You know, you know, even you know when the Royals did bring players like Ed Lucas back, and we were able to keep keep him in the league and stuff like this. I mean, these are exciting players that. You know, we really need to be fating a little bit and, you know, letting people know about. So I, I'm excited about it. As, you know, I'm a basketball player at heart. I'm no different from, you know, the guy who was playing at Camden or Hampstead or Brixton or Tower Hamlet. You know, I love the game and I just want to grow the game. Last thing on this, I mean, we had Billy Mims on the MVP cast a few weeks ago talking about that London rivalry of old Towers Leopards and what a massive yeah. thing it was to the sport. I mean, despite the goings on and the demise of the Royals I mean would you like that other team back in London as soon as possible to bounce off um, well I mean there's, I think there's no question that there was a huge rivalry between the, the Lions and the Royals in that short period of time and I think that trophy final was one of the greatest games for, for, for British basketball in a long time and, and it was really good um, well if I've learned nothing in, in 33 years of this sport it's you know you can only do the things you can control and you know, that's all. That's all we can do is is, is uh, deal with those ones that we can control. I think if we haven't got another team in London for that excitement, maybe we find the excitement elsewhere by bringing in exciting players, by by continuing to add exciting leagues to our roster in terms of, of European competition and and bringing that exciting basketball to London. So whatever it is, it's going to be exciting. <laughs> Those the thoughts of Vince McCauley seven 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 did not respond to our request for comment but certainly interesting times ahead in London town. That is it for this edition of the MVP cast. You can get all our previous episodes via our website at mvp247.com or subscribe. Go on, you know you want to, via your preferred podcast provider. Another edition coming very soon. Stay safe, though. From me, Mark Woods, it's goodbye for now. <laughs>